Well, here we go. Episode 9, Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. And you know what? After two episodes in a row of complaining, both Sam and I, of the lack of sports content and the lack of real entertainment content that have been going on in the world, well, I think the sports world and the entertainment world hurt us because over the last couple days, the sports world and the entertainment world said, hold my beer because holy moly, we have got a full jam-packed episode nine for you guys today. It is going to be fun, and there's going to be no time to uh, deviate from what we have to talk about. Sam, holy crap, a lot went down the past few days. Hallelujah! I know. Thank you, thank you sports gods. Right? Right? And entertainment world, like, seriously. A bunch of movie news came out recently, just with the like the movie news going around about Spider-Man, D23 with the whole Star Wars trailer. The sports world got absolutely eviscerated with one, just all because of one player. We're going to get to it all. Uh, It's going to be a jam-packed episode nine, but we will start the show just like we always do. Sam, today's Monday. How was your weekend, and how was your Monday? Well, there was a, a volleyball tournament. In Eugene, so work was really busy. Oh yeah, really, really busy. I feel like you always say you guys are busy now. It's, it, I guess it seems like that, right? I feel like on the last episode, you you came in, you were like, "Oh my god, we were so busy." <laughs> well, we were busier than whenever I thought we were busy last. Oh, That's how busy we were. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Good weekend, though? That was great. Um, Ben came up, right? Yeah, he came up last night just for like a couple – we got got to catch up for like a couple hours. His his golf clubs, wow. Oh, I know. Wow, 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 uh, wow. He got got the the tailor-made P790s, the 2019 editions, or the 2018. It doesn't really matter which ones they were, they are some serious, serious piece of hardware. So we've mentioned Ben on the podcast a couple of times. We're going to get him on here uh, eventually because I think uh, having the three of us on is going to make for a entertaining episode to say the least. But for, uh, for those of you who don't know, Ben is a collegiate golfer uh, up at Lewis and Clark. And he just got a new pair of golf clubs. And did, Now, did he tell you how he got them? Because that was the one thing you and I didn't know. He did. Yeah, he did tell me. He got, um, he got hooked up by the people. He, so he worked at a golf course this summer. And the people, the, the, uh, the club pro, as it's called, there got him hooked up with a sweet deal from TaylorMade where he got those clubs for discounted a lot. And then he, he, well, he just got hooked up with a whole new bag. He got a whole new driver, whole new iron sets, uh, uh, new wedges that were hand-me-downs from the the tour, the club pro. And then he also got a new Odyssey putter. So he just got a remake from top to bottom, pretty much. It's like if you're a basketball player, you just got six inches added to your height, 
new arms and new legs you're dunking now like that's what that that's the equivalent of getting brand new golf clubs it's like that scene in the first transformers movie when bumblebee's that beat up old bug and then he like drives by that old that camaro and then like turns into the camaro you know what i'm talking about that's a perfect pull there you go perfect pull there you go that's my dream car by the way not the yellow and and black stripes but i want to i want a camaro just camaro Oh, my gosh. You know, I don't remember who it was. I don't know if it was me first, but it was somebody in my family. I think it was me when I was, like, really young. When I first – I had never seen the word Camaro written down on a piece of paper. And I think I was, like, 10 or 11, and I called it a Camrio. Oof. So, yeah, a bit rough. But I was a kid, so um, that's okay. So, uh, to get on to the – <laughs> the full full pack show that we have we're going to start off uh where everybody has been circling around for the past couple days um and i'm sure by now uh if i mean unless you live under a rock i'm sure you would have heard that uh recently uh, it was it was on saturday uh during the colts preseason game it got announced that andrew luck was going to retire from the NFL. Adam Schefter broke it first. And what had happened was is that they were planning on having a press conference on Sunday, but the news broke on Saturday. And then the Colts organization was like, well, we can't really have a press conference on Sunday because now everybody knows. So, yeah, Andrew Luck retired. Just like that. Just like that. And there are so many different branches that we could go to off of this conversation. But the very first, I guess we'll just start at the very beginning. The very beginning. When he was walking off the field and news was kind of swirling around the stadium, he got booed. He got booed by his own fans as he was walking off the field. Dude, that's not cool. I that's didn't embarrassing. Like, I didn't like that at all. That's a bad look for Colts fans. And quite frankly, he does not deserve that. So I like I don't. I'll, I'll let you have the floor first. My God, that's a bad look. Like, and it wasn't. It wasn't like it was just a few fans, wasn't it? The the mass majority of fans in oh, the yeah in the, the, in the stadium. Yeah, and you could you could hear it. He got asked about it in the press conference, and I think uh, he said no. He said I'd be lying. I I don't remember he, what his he quote was. Salty. Yeah, he said, I think I'd be, I think his quote was, I'd be lying if uh, I didn't hear it. I said that one. He said it, it hurt, or that, that one stunk a little bit. Is there is there a more likable guy in the NFL than Andrew Luck? I don't think so. Like, this this dude is just smile on his face. I'm looking at his, his uh, NFL picture right now, just the biggest smile in the NFL. Yeah. And he's just ho-hum, everyone's good at football, and everything is his fault when they lose. You like he's the perfect leader for a football team, and you're a fan base, and this guy has given you his his like body of his prime years in life. It has been beaten down to a pulp, and he decides that he doesn't want to rehab again. And you're a fan base, and you're like, oh, we were supposed to win a Super Bowl this year. They, you guys, got to get your heads out of your, you know what, and be sympathetic. And actually care about this guy as a human being. You, you hear that all the time. I think Richard Sherman was actually – or no, it wasn't. It was someone was talking – oh, it was RG3. 
which I, I have another interesting thing to talk about with this whole thing. But RG3 was talking about how fans don't see these players as people. And that was a big thing that was thrown around. Like, we have no idea what Andrew Luck was dealing with mentally that makes that made him turn away from playing a sport that he seemingly loved for his whole life. Yeah. And, and people, people no, got to look at that. Yeah. People got to accept that and be like, this was not an easy decision by any means. He didn't just roll out of bed and was like, yeah, I'm done with this. No, no. And here's the thing. And I was listening to, uh, to ESPN uh, a lot over the weekend. And, and one thing that I heard a lot about Andrew Luck was like, this dude grew up in like a, in a football family. Like his, his dad played, uh, in the NFL, I believe. I believe his dad is now working for the XFL. Um, his whole family just, minus his dad, I mean, obviously his dad was a, a player in the NFL, but his whole family grew up around football. Andrew grew up around football. It's not like he just woke up one morning and said, I don't need it anymore. Like, I think, I think what people... I, so... The gut reaction of people at the beginning, and I, I really like, and I've referenced this show a lot, but it's because I get, I, I, this is my favorite show on ESPN, is uh, Golik and Wingo, and they were talking about um, how that was their initial gut reaction, but they were like, I bet you there were a bunch of people who woke up that next morning and went, yeah, we really shouldn't have done that. Because... You got to think about. You got to put yourself in Andrew Luck's position. It's not like he was just, you know, dealing with a toe injury, a finger injury. No, he had a, he had a lacerated kidney one year. He completely tore up his shoulder another year mm-hmm. and was out for an entire season for that. This dude, this dude got beat up, and not only did he get beat up, but while he was getting beaten up in his Oh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six seasons in the NFL. He threw for 171 touchdowns. The only other person to do that that quickly and actually that quickly and a little bit faster, I believe, was Dan Marino in uh, six, six seasons. So he was second all time in uh, the shortest amount of time to throw the most touchdowns. I don't know if I explained that well, but I think you get the gist of what I'm saying, right? He's pretty good. Yeah, the dude is the dude's a monster. 2014, 2014, 4,700 yards, 40 touchdowns. That was like the last year he was healthy before this last season, seemingly. Yeah, but e- even so, like 2016, 31 and 13, then 2018, 39 and 15. And he was I wanna, hobbled. <laughs> I want to discuss this, like. I can't even put I can't even wrap my head around that as a fan base. Like so we're big Kings fans, obviously. Yeah. And the big thing about this whole thing was Andrew Luck retired too early. Say De'Aaron Fox for whatever reason we're at a game and we hear that he retired. I wouldn't be like, Boo, I hate you. I'd be like, Oh, why? What happened? Like, what's going on with De'Aaron that made him like rapidly change his life. Yeah, no, and I, I don't even get that. I, like, that's not even booing him. Would even because I love the guy. Like Colts fans, you obviously didn't love Andrew Luck. If you're booing the guy, 
Yeah, that's you a good just point. Turned your back on him. That's a that's a really valid point because no, I like what you're saying there because you'd think that if they truly did love this guy, the way that everybody seemed to, that their initial reaction wouldn't be to boo him off the field. Like if you're the Indianapolis Colts, what are the Indianapolis Colts? Like all respect to their organization and fan base, whatever. But where would they be without Peyton Manning and then getting Andrew Luck right after? Where is that franchise? You have to go back to Johnny Unitas <laughs> all the way back there for yeah. them to be relevant. Yeah, you got to go way – you got to reach way into your bag of tricks. And are they what? Tired that Andrew Luck's injured? This guy's pouring his heart and soul out. And your organization couldn't get him an offensive line in the beginning of his career. So you, really you should be booing – the Indianapolis Colts organization for getting this guy injured. Yeah. In the first it doesn't place. make any sense that a guy that played six, six years for your organization alone and obviously wanted to be there. It's suddenly like he didn't quit. He was forced out. Yeah. He That's got the only way. Yeah. The, fa- <laughs> the fans eviscerated him. I've used oh that word gosh. like three times now, but it's a, I don't know. I feel like it's an apt word for the situation. I don't understand. I don't it's, understand. It's not like it's LeBron coming back to Cleveland the, for the first time when he was in the, for Miami. That's the whole villain thing. Andrew Luck, how is he a villain? Yeah. And he's I, a victim. I like the, I like the analogy that you use with the Kings and I'll, I'll just, I'll bring, I'll bring the Raiders into a little bit. We'll go actual position by position. Like if, if Derek, if Derek Carr, who I love as like, say what you want about um, Derek as a, at least the last couple, uh, the last couple of years, he's actually played better than people have given him credit for, but that's, that's neither here nor there. He hasn't gotten a lot of help. No, yes, he hasn't gotten sure. a lot. He hasn't gotten a lot of help. But you, but one thing that I hear, one thing that I've never heard from fans or players, is the is anything bad about like his personality. Everybody loves him. Everybody mm-hmm. loves him as a leader. The dude is a good guy. He just needs help right now. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking if Derek, because he had a bad injury a couple years ago. That totally took the Raiders out of the playoffs. Like the Raiders. Oh right. The yeah, Raiders. That, that really good year. Yeah, they were twelve and four, and people were legitimately saying, like, "Hey, they're peaking at the right time. Their offense is clicking. Their defense is on the upswing. Like they could legitimately make a deep playoff run." And they were they were right there. There was no reason why they couldn't have gone. I'm not going to say Super Bowl because I would like to be realistic, but there's no reason why they couldn't have done well in the playoffs. Who knows where they could have gone? Say. Say Derek got hurt this year, right? Same same sort of injury, knocked him out for an entire mm-hmm. season, and then next year comes back and says, "I'm done." I'm not, I'm gonna feel bad for him. I'm not gonna be yeah. mad at him. I'm legitimately going to feel bad for him because I know how much this guy loves football, and he's not doing this voluntarily. His body just can't take it anymore, and that's not his fault. That shouldn't be held against him and by the fans booing him they're holding his injuries against him but he has zero control over that and the other thing that really ticks me off is it's not like it's not like he quit during the middle of a game he he hasn't done jack squat in the preseason 
The regular season hasn't even started. It's not like the dude suited. There was a guy, I think, I don't know if it was last year. It or, was for the Colts last year. Was it? Okay, so you know where I'm going with this. Who, it was who, who, uh, the it quarterback. Um, I don't remember what his name was. It was like something Davis or something. Um, yeah, he he retired at halftime. Yeah, what was his name? Um, good grief. Uh, Vontae, Vontae Davis for the, mm-hmm. for the Bills. It was for the Bills. Oh, okay. Yeah, Vontae Davis for the Bills. I don't uh, – was it oh, – when was it? Was it last year? It was either last – it was. Yeah, it was last year. It was year. like the first week. So for those of you who don't know, there was a player named Von, uh, Vontae Davis who literally quit at halftime, suited up, was a starter, played the first half, went into halftime and said, nah, I'm done, and just quit, <laughs> retired. So that I could see fans booing, booing uh, for. He's, that was a starter – who suited up for that game and left his teammates at halftime. But for everybody who's saying that Andrew Luck abandoned his teammates and abandoned the fan base, you're, that statement is so absurd that either you're just refusing to see that that's wrong or you're just I, – like, I can't help you. I can't help you with that because they are nowhere near the same thing. Andrew Luck did not abandon – Anybody, anybody, no, none of his teammates, and not 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 the organization, and not the fan base. So for him to get absolutely slaughtered like he did by reporters um, and fans is beyond me, beyond me, because he doesn't deserve it. it ha- he has no control over his injuries, and to hold it against him like that in that moment where they're booing him is is just disgraceful it's it's such a bad bad look for that fan base so i have a i have two things you you um you compared it to if Derek were to leave or just suddenly retire say someone who's like probably the most beloved player in the nfl drew Brees. oh yeah he's definitely up there which I think that's a better comparison because, like, New Orleans has Super Bowl aspirations and Indianapolis has Super Bowl aspirations. I just pulled Derek because he got injured, but I get what yeah, you're I saying. Understand. Yeah, I understand. I'm trying to – but I think that's, like, the biggest thing that Indianapolis fans are hurt by because, like, this was supposed to be their year oh, yeah. type of thing. But so if Drew Brees were to retire, do you think for a second New Orleans fans would boo? Oh, not even – not at all. Like, they would be crying – Oh yeah, <laughs> on Drew, the in the stands. Drew Brees, if they could retire a person for a city, Drew Brees is going to be retired for the city of New Orleans. He's not going to be retired for the Saints. He's going to be retired for New Orleans. And I know that's a that's a kind of a poor poor comparison because Drew Brees won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and the been scope there is much a little longer. different, but but it's there's still great players four Super Bowl contending teams. And if Drew Brees were to tomorrow retire, like we would be like, oh, why? Like what's what's wrong, Drew? And no one would question it because he's just got that much respect from the fan base. And another thing, the Niners had this same issue years ago with Bor- Patrick Willis. And Borland, right? Borland retired after – to his second or his first year, something cool. like that. Yeah, who was supposed to be a stud. Yeah, but I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a second. But Patrick Willis, everyone says 
he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best middle linebackers in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Retired after eight seasons in the NFL. Yep. When he re- when he retired, I was not mad at him. I was like, this this guy's playing one of the hardest positions that you are going downhill and getting impact every single play. If he if he wants to retire, he is the right by all means to retire. Mm-hmm. And, and he retired at the peak of his. Well, he got injured towards the end of I think that 2014 season. He had he had like tricep issues or something like that. But he was still a Pro Bowler every other year that he was playing. Yeah. And, and the Niners were at their peak. And you talk about, and for those of you who may not know just how good Patrick Willis was, Sam's not exaggerating. Like, that dude could have been arguably – well, even, even if, you just, if you just extrapolate just his seasons in the NFL, you could put them with a lot of top-tier um, – linebackers to ever play the game but to just give you an idea of how short of a career that is ray lewis played for 17 years Mm -hmm. 17 years linebackers linebackers are not running backs linebackers are not and larry fitzgerald is kind of the outlier but linebackers can hang around for a while they really can just like defensive ends can so a linebacker retiring after eight seasons is Kinda like that's that's short. That's really short, especially for a it guy. It was sudden. Yeah, and <laughs> hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six. Luke Keekley is going into his eighth year. Does he look like he's slowing down anytime soon? No. <laughs> so I get, what, I get with, what you're saying. The big thing with Andrew is, I don't think people realize how hard is it to sit out a year. Well, your profession is to play football. And he sat out an entire year just to rehab. He's not doing the sport that he loves. He's not doing the job that he's getting paid to when he got when he injured his shoulder. He was just rehabbing a full calendar year, a full 365 days. I don't think people take into account. Like, that's not easy. That's hard. On your head. Like, every single day, those guys – Every every athlete talks about it. They think about quitting. Yeah. That's just how hard rehabbing is. Yeah. If if the calf and ankle injury that Andrew Luck was suffering was so bad that he could potentially miss time and have to rehab again, I don't blame him for not wanting to do that. He's been there, done that no. many times. And you know what? I want to hear your opinion on this. And more, uh, Because I heard this today. Um, again, on Golik and Wingo, just they seem to have they they make points that I just that I don't hear um, other people uh, making right now. You know who just recently retired and got no hate for it because he did it and uh, I guess quotation marks the way that people want the way that people think it should be done. Rob Gronkowski, he just retired. He's only twenty nine too. Yeah, so you want to talk about a guy who meant a lot to a team, meant a lot to a city. But did Rob Gronkowski? And guess what? They retired for the same thing. They retired because they're both beaten up and broken. And yet Rob Gronkowski got so much like love and support as he was heading out the door. And Andrew Luck got punted out the door. But they literally I mean, retired for the same thing. 
The difference, though, is like Gronkowski last year was visibly different, like lesser than what he was. Andrew Luck was the comeback player of the year. Well, yes, but their reasons for leaving were pretty much identical. It's because of injuries. Yeah, but it's like we only remember how they looked when they last played, and Gronkowski looked lesser than what he was before than Andrew Luck put on the field last year. Oh, true, true. But I'm just saying, like, I I just – it seems – it seems kind of unfair. And another one that's been compared is when uh, Calvin Johnson retired. Yeah. At only at only like thirty. Yeah. And he was he was still the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know if this is maybe a trend that we're going to see moving forward. Um, yeah. No, I think it is. When with as money as more guaranteed money is put out. It's there's less and less incentive to keep playing longer and longer for a, a sport that's a car wreck every play. Yeah, I, well, yeah, and I mean, I don't know if we're gonna see those Larry Fitzgeralds, those Ray Lewises heading forward. You know, those guys who gonna, just seem to be in the league forever. Are we gonna see a a guy go as long as Tom Brady has gone? Yeah, they, I mean, I think. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to surprise people and retire earlier than when when they think he's going to just cuz the injuries have like added up so fast for him. Yeah. And his his um his whole game is relying on his legs too. Yeah. And that's so let let us know what you guys think about the whole Andrew Luck thing and and is this is this going to be a trend moving forward? Are we going to see players you know, starting to go, okay, well, you know what? I've been in the league for five, six years. I've made money. I know I'm set for life. Why Why risk it? Why risk it? Um, so let us know. Do you, do you think his career was a disappointment? Andrew Luck? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Not at all. The dude, the dude was one of the most productive and best quarterbacks in the league when he was healthy. His, and the reason... The reason why I don't think it was a disappointment was because he did what he could. He did what he did despite his injuries. If he was healthy the entire time, maybe. But he had to deal with so much, and he still, still was one of the best quarterbacks in the league whenever he, he was, was playing. He was top five whenever he was healthy, for sure. Easily. So, And that was on top of everything that he, uh, he had to deal with. So, no. No, I don't think so. I think what's disappointing is that we don't get to see him play anymore. I was thinking about it today because I don't think uh, – do you remember that draft very well? Not too well off the top of my head. Well, to put it in context, that year the Colts had the number one overall pick because Peyton Manning injured his neck. Yep. And Peyton Manning was still on the roster – well, he might have not been on the roster. But they let they let Payne Manning go because they got the number one overall pick to get Andrew Luck, right? Yeah. So obviously there was comparisons between Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, and many, many experts and scouts were herald, heralding Andrew Luck as the next Peyton Manning or the next great quarterback. You hear that all the time. Yeah. It's it's just tough because he only played 
six seasons and only got as far as the AFC Championship. I know that's not technically – that's not all on him because, again, the front office didn't supply him with a, a quality offensive line in the first part of his yeah, career. Yeah, and, and that's a qualifier. injuries happen. Yeah, he oh, did, for sure, for he, sure. He never had a really good – like a really superb team around him. Yeah, but if you just take his career with the six years we have and what we were – I guess promised or what we were meant to expect from him. He doesn't add up to the Peyton Manning's or the Tom Brady's. And that's not fair to him, but I mean, if, if that's the expectations we should be looking at, I guess his career is a disappointment from that outlook. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I guess I try to look at least based on maybe it's just because Andrew Luck's such a good guy. I just look at the glass half full for him. Um, cause he just, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I, I can't hold, I can't say his career was a disappointment. A, in my opinion, when one, he never had a great team around him Two, He had so many injuries that he had to deal with. And three, he still did every, I mean, he still had, you know, um, let's see one, two, three, four seasons where he threw for 4,000 yards three seasons where he threw for over 30 touchdowns, one where he threw for over 40. And like I, I mentioned the Dan Marino stat earlier, like the dude was phenomenal. He was good. Yeah, he would have been a Hall of Fame quarterback had he stayed in the league for another 10 years. Um, and I, I don't think that's a – I don't think that's a debate. Um, but the entire world uh, decided to uh, – um, insert bad Andrew Luck pun or insert oh. any Andrew Luck pun over the weekend. And they just uh, had their way with him. Another thing, people were calling him selfish. The fact that he retired this early opened up a roster spot for someone else. Yeah, I don't think people people realize that. Like if he took the, what was that guy's name? Bonte Davis? Yeah. If he took that route and retired after the fourth preseason game, he would have taken a roster spot from someone. Yeah. And yeah. like ended their football dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, we're going to kind of stay on the Andrew Luck thing a little bit, but we're going to bounce off to another branch of the Andrew Luck thing, which is now, now we're looking at Jacoby Brissett and we're looking at the division as a whole, because right now, I mean, before Andrew Luck retired, it was Colts and everybody else in that division. That's pretty much what was going to happen. Like, the Colts were everybody's pick to win that division, and there was really nobody arguing with that. Mm-hmm. Now, now things have kind of opened up because let's not forget that the Colts as a team, now, especially with the offensive line, their defense is a lot better. The Colts as a team are arguably the best that they've been in a long time. But they don't have Andrew Luck. They have Jacoby Brissett, who people are saying, and who, I mean, you've seen him play, I've seen him play. The dude, the dude's pretty good in his, uh, but we don't really know exactly what he's capable of Mm -hmm. yet. In the 2017 season when he had to play, he threw for 3,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions behind a atrocious line that just decided to let uh, him get sacked the, uh, virtually every five snaps because he got uh, sacked 52 times. Mm-hmm. So that was the worst offensive line in football back then. It was, it was so bad. So I don't think, 
I think to have 3,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, and seven interceptions on on such a horrific team that year behind a bad offensive line actually speaks volumes to who this guy actually could be. But So now we have the Colts, who are Jacoby Brissett-led. We have the Texans, who just lost Lamar Miller, but they still have a ridiculously good defense with – the uh, the linebacker who has the best name for a linebacker in the league, Whitney Merciless. That is like if that is not the best <laughs> linebacker name ever, I don't know what is. And then you have the Jaguars, who have a phenomenal defense as well. Uh huh. And they just got Nick Foles. So mm-hmm. you look at those three teams. What What about that Titans? Well, the Titans. I mean, the Titans are. I think the Titans are going to be a <laughs> compared to the other three teams. I don't think they uh, they would. I don't think they can win the division. That's not to say that they're going to be scrubs, but they're they're they, not winning. They went division. nine and seven last year, Jason. They're not winning that division. Not with not with those three teams as bolstered as they are right now. At least that's my prediction. You would take the Colts over the Titans right now. I think I would. I think I would just because. Just because I do think Jacoby Brissett is going to play well, he has a good team around him, and I think I just I, based on what I've been hearing, everybody everybody is totally behind Jacoby Brissett. That locker room loves him; uh, they have full full trust in him. I really do think um, he's going to play well, um, but I, I'm not I'm not saying that the Colts are going to win the division, but I think they'll be better than the Titans. They were only a game better than them with Andrew Luck last season. True, true. But I also think that this year's team is better than last year's team. Um, I don't know where you're getting that from. But uh, so the whole Jacoby Brissett thing, when did he get to Indianapolis? When was he traded from New England? So he was in New England in 2016, and then he came over to Indianapolis in 2017. That season? So he's been he's been in that system for now two years, well three off seasons. Yes. Or two off seasons. So he knows he's gonna he's gonna play that system really well. But I just don't think the reason the Colts were so good and the reason they were Super Bowl picks was because of that top quarterback position. We talked about it last week. The quarterback is the most important position. That's why it gets paid the most. Yes. And it covers up a lot of holes that a team otherwise has. Andrew Luck gave you a lot for that Colts offense that I don't think Brissett – I think he's he's going to do a serviceable, serviceable job for them but not make them special. Yeah. Jacksonville, yeah. Jacksonville got better. Jacksonville did get better. We've been saying for years they just need a quarterback. Every other facet of that team, if uh, – what is his – what's their running back's name? Oh, uh, Fournette. Fournette. Leonard Fournette. If Leonard Fournette stays healthy, which he had, he couldn't stay healthy last year. If he stays healthy, he's a top-end running back. That defense is pretty much the same as it was when they went to the AFC Championship game two years ago. That team is loaded. And if Nick Foles plays as well as he did for Philadelphia the last two seasons, I don't see why they can't be in the mix to win that division on that's going to be the thing. And that Nick, that team is going to hinder that team is going to go where Nick Foles takes them. Yep. Which Nick Foles, um, 
I mean, say what you want about Nick Foles, but when the dude is on, he's on. And which I know is with every quarterback in the league, but Nick Foles is like has been lightning in a bottle. And if he can if he can recapture what he did in uh, Philly, with I think it's going to be interesting because uh, Nick Foles was a starting quarterback for a while, and mm-hmm. it didn't um, work sometimes. It didn't work. It didn't always work with Nick Foles. Um, so it only worked in Philadelphia. Yeah, it only. <laughs> <laughs> it only worked there. Um, where okay, so I'm I'm gonna take us back real quick to uh, Nick Foles and where he was at because he was on um, he was on the Eagles at mm-hmm. the at the beginning. Then he went to um, the Rams. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Kansas City, and in those years with especially with the Rams, he was Trash. he was not good. <laughs> He was not good. Seven touchdowns, ten interceptions, two thousand yards. Okay, Kansas City he had to step in for a little bit, but he, but it was really that season with the Rams. That was that. That was his shot. That mm. was his shot to prove that he was, was a starting team. quarterback, and he blew it. So I love Nick Foles. I would love to see him play well, and I really hope he does. But he has no track record outside of Philly. <laughs> to justify that so that's going to be interesting to see where that goes because as you mentioned jacksonville's defense phenomenal and like you said all they need is a quarterback yeah i feel like he's not going to have to play as well as he would have like there's not going to be as much pressure as there was when he played for st louis back then because jacksonville is going to be in most games just due to the fact that they don't allow the other team to score more than 20 points. You know, like there's not going to be that much writing on just him as I guess I'm like kind of discounting Indianapolis's defense. Cause it was much to improve last year, but I just feel like Jacksonville's and Houston's is better than Indianapolis's right now. I'd argue that he's got more pressure now in Jacksonville than he did with um, the Rams. Really? And, oh, the Rams. Oh, with the, with the Rams. And even in Philly, I'd say this He is, definitely does than Philly. Yes, definitely does than Philly. And I would say even, even more so than the Rams. And the reason why is because this is shot number two for him. So this is his second chance. And he's also coming off of a – well, it's not last season. But he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. And he brought them to the playoffs that, that year after as well. Yeah. So, what makes you think he's not going to have success? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, he's not going to have success. I'm going to. I'm saying there's more pressure on him right now because he proved that he can play well, and now he's on a team that is ready to make a run. He's re- they're ready to make a run, and they dra- and they brought him over to be the guy. Mm-hmm. In Philly, he he was not on that team to be the guy. He he had nothing to lose. He could have lost every single game, and nobody probably would have blinked an eye because he was the backup. That's not that he wasn't there. He was there to be serviceable, and they got extra from him. Right now, he's not being brought over to be serviceable. He's being brought over to take them to win that division and farther. So I'd say he's got um, more pressure now than he did in St. Louis. I I think we differ on that because I feel like Jacksonville kind of mirrors what Philly did two years ago. 
because they have this is a run first offense. Don't get it twisted. If Leonard oh, yeah. Fournette is healthy, this is a run first offense. One hundred percent. And that was what Philly was, even with Carson Wentz as their quarterback. That was the best running game in the league that year. People forget, and the passing game worked off of that. That's why their play action passing was so good. Yeah, I think that that's the same in Jacksonville because their defense is so good. They can they have the luxury of running the football as much as they want, and then Nick Foles gets to hurt you with those deep balls. That's really the top of his game. I think I think this is this is gonna work in Jacksonville. Um, I'm curious to see who you have winning the division because I still think Houston's going to end up winning this division. It's, that would be my they're guess. They're just too good. That would be my yeah. guess. And, I, and I'm not saying that the Nick Foles thing isn't going to work. I think it is going to work. But I'm just saying I think he's got um, – and I know I was, I, was, no, I was saying it didn't work in St. Louis, so now I'm saying that it's going to work in Jacksonville. Well, yeah, I understand that. But that St. Louis team also did kind of stink. <laughs> they had um, like – Number one picks every other year. Yeah. <laughs> and we're with him. Yeah. So it, it, they did kind of stink. So I know I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, but um, I do think it is going to work because I do think he has a better team around him. I also think he has more pressure, but that's just my opinion. And Sam and I differ a little bit, but uh, we do agree on the fact that um, that we both think that Houston is going to win that division. I do think they're going to win the division. Um, I think their I think- de- defense is the best in that division, even better than Jacksonville's. Um, and I think you could argue now that they have the best quarterback in the division. Who? Houston? Yeah, with Watson. Yeah, yeah they, they de- do. They definitely have yeah. the best one-two punch on offense with Watson and Hopkins. Wait, you just going to disrespect my boy Marcus like that? What do you mean disrespecting? You just said that Watson was the best quarterback in the division. <laughs> We're not even going to mention the Titans? I don't think so. Bro, I they won nine games last year, and I have no idea how, because they have Blaine Gabbert starting some of them. Mm-hmm. They're going to find a way to win. But what But what has Marcus Mariota done in the past couple? We're not going to get into the Marcus Mariota thing. With that, we can he's, just, that. he's just a stud. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> him, and, him and Jimmy G are like, Tied for the best looking quarterbacks in the NFL. The reason why there was a an lie. Awkward, the reason why there was an awkward pause right there for everybody is because Sam just kind of realized that what he said was completely absurd, and so did I. And there was no real way to. Um... Hey, he's a stud, though. You got to admit that he hasn't played like one. So I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I think it's going to go Texans, probably, probably Jaguars, the Colts, Titans. Wow, all that talk about Brissett, and then you put him third? I said he's going to play well. I didn't say he was going to lead them to the Super Bowl. It's kind of sounded like that. I think he's going to play really well. But One uh, of my friends thinks they're making the, they're winning, they're making the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know and we don't need that. to name, name names, but he's dumb. Well, he doesn't even listen to the show. So here's, here's the thing two about re- Jacoby. two reasons why he's dumb. You can't base – we talk about pressure with Nick Foles. There was no pressure for Jacoby Brissett when he was starting for New England, which people point to when he was playing really well, which he did. But they were expected to lose all four of those games that Tom Brady was suspended for. And then they happened to win. I think he won three. He I went think. one and one. I thought he played um, – because didn't he play all four? No, Jimmy won the first game. And then Jacoby got injured – 
Something happened. I think he went one and one. Right. But they played well, but they were expected to lose those games. That's not pressure. And then when he goes to Indianapolis to play for a team that had lost Andrew Luck for the season, there was no pressure then. That that was a bad team. So we haven't seen Jacoby Brissett play with this kind of pressure around them. And see, I uh, see. I would almost argue that um, he he does have pressure, but I'm not sure it's as necessarily as immense as you're as you're leading it on to be. Just because this kind of came out of the blue, um, but I definitely think he does have pressure on him. But I don't think it's as immense um, as you're as you're making it seem. I mean, he kind of just got thrust into this position. Um, I think. You don't it, think- I think you don't think that locker next... room's putting pressure on him. I, I don't think so. I think they're gonna. I, I think the expectations are gonna be high, but um, I honestly think that the big pressure would come next year, especially if the Colts don't draft a quarterback next year. I think it'd be next year that um, he would have the real pressure because it's like, okay, dude, you had a season to lead this whole team. You know this. You know the ins. You know the ins and outs of this team. We're ready to go. Last season was kind of a fluke for everybody, but this season we everybody's on the same page. Like mm-hmm. we're moving forward with you as the guy. They they didn't go into this season thinking Jacoby Brissett was go. They weren't making game plans for Jacoby Brissett. They all of a sudden are now. So it's kind of a it's kind of a transition for everybody. It'll be next year when they're like, okay, yeah, you are the guy. We all know that now. I don't now think that's your- going to happen though. Well, who knows? I mean, and that's we both we both have them finishing third in this division, so they're gonna look quarterback in the draft or offseason. But I they're gonna be third in the division, but I don't think they're gonna be. And we, we'll we'll bounce away from this topic because we've been on it for a while. But yeah. I I think they're gonna be um yeah they're gonna be third in the division, but I think that's gonna be a good division. I think they'll probably end up like seven and nine, eight and eight. And I think they're gonna be worse teams than them. Um, so, um. So to to move on from the uh, Andrew Luck and the Colts language, and I know that that dominated the first forty minutes of this podcast, but it was big news, and there was a, and there was so much more that we could talk about uh, um, with this whole Andrew Luck thing. Um, yeah, like it, it not only just affects the AFC South, but it affects the whole AFC and NFL. Yeah, and it it will affect the playoff playoffs going into the into the uh, future. And we could have we could have dove deeper into is this going to be a trend, but. Um, we're trying. We're trying to move things along uh, as best as we can. It was just a really big bombshell that got dropped on the NFL um, over the weekend. Um, <clears throat> little side note before we get to a little bit of talk about fantasy. Uh, week zero for college football started, and this is one thing that um, we've had a couple people, uh, or actually one person in particular, um, hamper us about on uh, talking uh, talking about college football on this show. Um, and college football week zero just started. Um, it was actually the highest rated week zero game uh, since they started broadcasting week zero games. So uh, America was all in for it. Um, I only tuned in to really the first quarter and it was ugly. <laughs> the Miami Florida game. Did you watch any of that game? No, I was working. It was ugly, man. It, there were so many penalties. There were a ton of turnovers. I know. I believe Miami... Uh, I believe Miami was playing with a redshirt freshman quarterback, like three, three first-time starters on offense. Uh, nice. I mean, on the offensive line. I think there were back-to-back 
to back plays in the so what had happened I remember there was a tur- Florida had turned the ball over um, when they were when they, they were five yards away from scoring something like that mm-hmm. they turned the ball over then Miami proceeded to not convert on their first down have a penalty that backed them up half the distance to the goal then have another penalty that backed them up half the distance to the goal. And then I think they had to call a timeout or had another penalty. It was just kind of an ugly game. Um, so that was like, I don't really have a super deep analysis of that game other than college football's back. Um, and that first game was, a uh, was kind of brutal to watch. Um, we're going to film, we're going to record um, a show Friday night and put it out Saturday, which will be episode 10 actually. So we'll, it'll be, it'll be a little milestone for us. And we're going to uh, preview uh, Oregon and Auburn, which is Ducks. Well, yeah, which is going to be the uh, the big matchup heading into that Sunday. I mean, heading into that Saturday. So we'll have our kind of breakdown of that game uh, for you Saturday morning, so you can listen to it uh, before the uh, before the game actually actually happens, and you can see just how right and just how wrong we absolutely uh, are going to be. So uh, that we will have coming up. Um, college football is something that I've really wanted to get into more. So I'm going to do everything that I can to try to bring you guys some uh, college football content. Sam is much better at it, especially because he goes to Oregon. So he'll have some uh, probably weekly news on Oregon. Um, so we're, we're going to bring college football in. It's just it really kind of hasn't started yet, um, even though week zero began. But – uh, but one thing that has began for a lot of people is uh, NFL fantasy football. Um, we're, this is probably going to be a pretty short topic for us. Um, but this is actually my first ever time playing fantasy football. I've never played fantasy football. I just enjoy watching football in general. Um, I pay attention to virtually all the teams. But Sam kind of roped me in this year. Um, and we had our draft, which was Sunday. It was Sunday, right? Sunday. Yeah, it was um so it was yesterday actually. Um we had our draft and um I got a draft grade coming out of it um which with a B, which I was okay with because it was my first draft ever. I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh Sam came yeah, out it, of it. It looked like it. Not really. I'm pretty satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> um and Sam came out of it with uh with an A minus. Um and Yeah, but they don't those grades don't mean anything. No, they don't. They don't. They're just sort of predictions and um so uh sam i'll ask you uh we'll just kind of keep these questions kind of short kind of quick um Mm -hmm. who what is one player on your team that you think you stole that people overlooked and you think you stole and actually first before we get into that sam read me your roster read me who you have on your team uh so from top to bottom i have starting with jimmy g Obviously, there is no other way. I picked uh, Le'Veon Bell in the first round, James Conner in the second round, I think Amari Cooper in the third, Tyler Boyd, George Kittle, Mark Ingram. Then backup quarterback, I have Trubisky. I have Jarek McKinnon, James White, Alshon Jeffrey, Dante Pettis, and then the Chargers kicker in the Houston's defense. And my team consists of Drew Brees, Todd Gurley, Josh Jacobs, Julian Edelman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jared Cook, David Montgomery, Derek Carr, Duke Johnson, Ted Ginn, Emmanuel Sanders, Mohamed Sanu, Jimmy Graham, Jake Elliott, uh, kicker from the Eagles, and the New England Patriots, 
defense. Um, so who do you think you stole? I don't think I stole anyone. I was – so the whole time in the draft, I think I was reaching for every player except for Bell. If you go just purely off of uh, uh, projections this season, mm-hmm. I think I had to take – so Kittle I took earlier than everyone. I think I, t- I think he was the first tight end drafted. I'm pretty sure. I think I drafted him. No, I drafted him after Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So he was the second tight end drafted. Um, I think the guy I stole was Ingram. He was getting slept on a little bit. And why running back? Why for running that? back one? Just because in fantasy RB ones are so important because they get the most touches and especially running backs. I like having a running back in the uh, flex position just because it's more reliable than a wide receiver. And especially for Baltimore, that's such a like run attack team. I think he's going to be really good there. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be, he's going to get a lot of touches, especially if Lamar Jackson struggles, he's going to, he's going to get the ball a lot. And I feel like, I think I picked him in the fifth round, fifth or fourth round, which if he, he could be a, top 15 running back in this league for sure right yeah so i think that was that was actually a pretty solid pick for me um so i have i have four i have four running backs right now um Mm -hmm. i had heard that uh running backs were like i said this is the first time i was doing this i had heard running backs were really important and have a lot of running backs because one of them is bound to get hurt um i was not thrilled about taking Todd Gurley. Um, Trash. I, well, and the reason why, because he, he ended up being my first pick. Um, mm-hmm. You which, picked, what uh, pick did you have in the first I round? had eight. It was eight, yeah. I had eight um, out, of, out of ten. And I, I realized, looking back at it, uh, there was a guy on the board who I would have taken um, instead of him. I believe Tyreek Hill was still available. Uh, I um, think Julio was still available. Yeah, so, but I was so, this was my first time doing this. I was so worried about getting a running back. I picked Gurley. Um, the reason why I picked him is because uh, if, the, if he is going to be playing and he is healthy, he's a top-tier running back, 100%. He's number one pick. Yeah, he's 100%. <laughs> so, if he ends up being uh, what he was last year, then I think I, I, I kind of stole him uh, at, mm-hmm. eight, at eight. Um, but... My other three running backs are really going to be predicated on – it's they're either going to bite me in the butt or they're going to really pay off because I picked Josh Jacobs on the Raiders because I know what the – I know how the Raiders are going to use him, and he's going to be – he's going to be the feature back. And the, I watched mm-hmm. him play in the preseason. I watched him at Alabama. The dude's a monster. He's fast. He cuts insanely quick, um, and he's – I know he's going to be featured heavily – for the Raiders. So I really think um, there's a possibility for him to put up a lot of points. Same thing with David Montgomery. David Montgomery is another rookie running back. I have two rookie running backs. Um, Where is he? He's in Chicago. Um, Another, another team, which is probably going to be very run heavy. um, And that guy's going to be their feature back in one game. And just, I believe it was the last game he played. He had three attempts for 16 yards, one touchdown, and he had three receptions for 30 yards. Um, well, 
the dude. What's up? That team's weird because last year you would have thought Jordan Howard would have been really productive, but they split a lot in big games. They split time between Tariq Cohen and their their run-heavy guy. So it just makes, like, the run-heavy guy less productive because Tariq Cohen is so good in their pass plays that they run. Um, So I think they have a possibility to be – I think my two rookies have a possibility – um, but to answer the question that I asked you, um, I think the guy that I stole is Duke Johnson. And the reason why I think I stole Duke Johnson is because Lamar Miller got hurt. Mm-hmm. And Duke Johnson has now stepped into a role where he is going to be the 100% unquestionable um, featured running back. And Duke Johnson, I believe, he's he's, he came from Chicago, had an absolutely phenomenal year with them last from- year. I mean, I'm sorry, not Chicago, Cleveland. Cleveland. He came from Cleveland, had a phenomenal year last year with him, and the dude hasn't missed a game, I believe, in his uh, first four um, seasons in the NFL. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's durable. I really think that that could be – and I picked him up late. Um, I don't know which round it was. I think it was six, seven, or eight. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just kind of looking around to see who was available left at running back, and I saw his name pop up, and – I just kind of put two and two together and went, oh, yeah, Lamar Miller got hurt, huh? Oh, that means he's going to be number one. Maybe I should pick him because now I'm going to be picking up a number one running back on a team in like seven or eight. So I think he's got a possibility. So I think my running backs are all coin flips. Um, They're either really going to pay off or they're really going to backfire. Yeah. Um, No, I'm really happy with my running backs because I have Bell, who just like Gurley – he could be the best, highest scoring running back oh, yeah. in, this, in this league if he returns to form. It kind of depends on how relevant the Jets are in like the playoffs situation towards the end of the year if they like play him more and like at a high level. Connor, he's like Le'Veon Bell 2.0. <laughs> like yeah, the same, the same I forgot, player. I forgot about James Connor. Um, yeah, he was kind during, of a steal in the second round. During the draft, but. yeah. Um, my wide receivers, I just think, are, like, the weakest part. And this is what oh, I, mine just, too. Mine I struggled too. with last year. I couldn't find consistent wide receiver play. I'm hoping Amari Cooper will be good. It just sucks that Dak Prescott is throwing the ball to him. Yeah, yeah. It really sucks. No, I get that. I'm right there with you. My wide receivers are definitely my weakest part. The only one who I know – the only, like, feature wide – the only number one wide receiver I have on my team is Juju. Like that was the only wide receiver. He's that good I, though. Yeah, he's very good. That was that was the one guy who once I had him on my team, I was like, okay, maybe I can rely on him for um, uh, points. I picked Julian because Julian is always going to get you um, a bunch of catches, a couple mm-hmm. of touchdowns, and at least sixty, seventy yards, maybe more during a game. He's always super consistent. Same thing with Emmanuel Sanders and Mohamed Sanu. Um, Emmanuel Sanders coming back for uh, Denver um, is going to be huge as well because he's going to be one of their feature wide receivers as well. So I'm a little um, – I'm pre- I was pretty happy about him. You gave me some slack for picking Ted Ginn. I just picked him because he it was like the 10th round and Drew Brees is throwing to him. So uh, who so, knows? Guys like that – so like my whole philosophy and guys, if you're listening to this, like I'm not a fantasy expert by any means. Oh, God, no. I just go for – who gets the most targets and go off of that because that's the most 
possibilities that they'll like they'll be as consistent. So a guy like Ted Ginn, he's only going to get four carry four targets a game, and he may score a sixty yard touchdown. And that game it works, but other games he might not be able to score like the big plays. You know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is kind of that way, but he gets targeted a lot. Yeah. At least last season he was targeted a lot, but he's got Joe Flacco throwing to him this mm-hmm. year, which is super weird. And well, Denver's did... team as a whole isn't very good. He had Case Keenum last year throwing to him, which yeah. really hurt him. Yeah, Joe Flacco is better than Case Keenum, so. You'd think. Yeah. He got benched for a rookie last year. And that's why, that's why I'm hoping Julian and Juju and Sanu – those would be the three guys that I would lean yeah. on. Um, but, well, a bad pick. Well, he, like I said, he was – the Sanu and Gin one were like, who's available? Like they were – like I picked Juju because he was an obvious pick at that point. But literally the mm-hmm. rest of my wide receivers, as I was looking to pick them, was like, okay, I just got to pick like who's available. And that's the thing. You were listening to Sam's draft philosophy, and his is probably more – I mean, he's more in tune with this stuff than I am. He, he said he's not um, an expert on fantasy football. Well, this is my first year. I'm very in tune with the league as a whole, which is what I tried to use um, in this. I was just kind of looking at who I know has the capability of making big plays, Who who's throwing them the ball, Who's like who's got the best offensive line for running backs. Um so I kind of went into my player knowledge more of um, like targets. And that was mm-hmm. actually the reason why I picked the Patriots defense because the Patriots defense may not at for the past like 10 years may not be the best defense in the league, but they're always, always near the top five. And turnovers too. Turnovers are really big for a defense and they're always really high in scoring and turnovers. Mm-hmm. They had 18 interceptions and 10 fumble recoveries and 30 sacks last yeah, year. That's big. So uh, they like they may not always be like the best defense in the league, but they're legitimately 100 percent always in the top 10 and sniffing top five, if not in the top five every year as well. They're just consistent. You're rolling with Derek Carr. Uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna transition back and forth between Drew and Derek for who's starting based on who they're. Playing. Oh, you got Breeze. Yeah, I have Breeze. Oh yeah, Derek Carr's not gonna see them. I, sorry, I have Breeze. No, that's not true. That's not true. Um, people and obviously fan biased, but that's the show. Um, I think Derek has a chance to have a really good season with Antonio Brown being there for Week One, Williams is now there. Josh, I mean, Williams uh, came over from the Chargers. Dude's a stud. Hunter Renfro is looking to be really, really um, looking like he's going to be a really productive player. Josh Jacobs, uh, the running back, um, the offensive line is going to be a little bit better this year because everybody's going to be healthy minus Rodney Hudson, um, who who is hurt. Um, But they're, they're just better on offense. And I think people forget last year that Derek threw for 4,000 yards. And he also, he yes, he threw for 4,000 yards. He also led the league last year in most attempts without an interception and most completions without an interception. Um, and he mm-hmm. had his highest um, career passer rating last year as well. Um, but he threw for 4,000 yards. <laughs> and they traded away all his targets. Uh, yeah, but they got back uh, plenty of targets. 
Um, with the the Williams thing is going to be um, just as big as the Antonio Brown thing, just because Antonio Brown is now number one. But while everybody's focused on uh, Antonio Brown, Williams uh, is going to be running uh, free on single coverage. And Did you pick up stuff. Williams? Um, no, I don't think he was available. Oh, really? Because I would have. Um, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I tried, I, cause I think Antonio Brown was gone and I, I'd like to believe that Williams was gone because if I would have seen him, I would have picked him over, maybe not over Julian, but I definitely would have picked him over, uh, Ted Emmanuel and Sanu. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I don't think he was available, but again, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, Am I dumb for running Jimmy G every game except for the fourth week? I think he's going to be better than Trubisky. <laughs> hey, okay. We're Gucci. Yeah, I think he's going to be better than Trubisky. Oh, and I look to see when you and I play each other. Mm-hmm. I think you and I play each other week five. I think that's, cool. when, I think that's when you and I um, – I don't think I have anyone on buys. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure, but um, week four is going to be really rough because that's the Niners and the Jets are on buys. Oh, that's <laughs> so that's like half of my starting. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. And that's the thing for me. I have three Saints players and two Raider and mm. two Raiders players. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So it's if as soon as the Saints go on a buy, that's Drew Brees and Jared Cook. Um. Gone. So then I'd be relying on Jimmy Graham and and Derek Carr. Um, so we'll see. That's not bad though. No, Jimmy it's not. Graham's a a really quality tight end for a backup. Yeah, and um, I I think with with Rogers, uh, I I think I think both of them are going to look at each other this year and go, "What the heck happened to us last year?" Like you're Jimmy Graham, I'm Aaron Rodgers. You should be at least getting ten touchdowns this season. He um, hasn't been he hasn't been Jimmy Graham for a couple of years though. No. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, with the league. We'll keep you guys updated on um, on how the league is going, where Sam and I are stacking up, uh, and we hope your guys' fantasy teams are uh, well. Whoever is playing fantasy is uh, is going well. Um, so that kind of recaps the the sports weekend uh, a little bit. Uh, that whole Andrew Luck debacle that happened. Um, fantasy football for billions of people is going on right now. Um, but there is another world that we cover besides sports. And that is, um, I don't, I think it's, um, too broad of a term to say entertainment. It's really just movies. Um, and, uh, some big stuff has also gone on recently. And I'll start with the thing that's, um, probably going to be quicker to talk about, um, which is the, uh, the star Wars trailer that got released. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, Star Wars, the, the, uh, oh gosh, uh, the rise of Skywalker, um, recently released trailer number two, which was kind of a bombshell for, uh, a lot of reasons. Um, the main one being, uh, our main hero character, Ray, uh, at the very end is got a black hood on and she's wielding a double bladed red lightsaber. So everybody kind of um, crapped their pants when they saw that. Uh, Sam, your initial reaction to that trailer, and do you actually think that's Ray? Well, my initial reaction was I needed a new pair of pants. 
So <laughs> yeah, I had to change and take a shower real quick. But after that, I don't think it's right. If you look at it, it doesn't look like her, really. Mm-hmm. And you brought this up when we were first talking about it, which I'll, I'm going to give you credit for. Cloning is a thing yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Because mm-hmm. the clones <laughs> in the, <laughs> the first in the, uh, the first three episodes, that was, the, they were clones of Jango Fett. Or, yeah, Jango. Not Boba. Yeah, Jango. Jango Fett. <laughs> Literally. They were clones of him. There is a movie titled Star Wars Attack of the Clones. They're and around. if you're if you're saying to yourself, well, how do they get how did they make a clone so fast? Those clones grew up like exponentially fast. It only took a couple of years for them to get full grown. Yeah. And we don't necessarily know where Ray came from. And Palpatine is supposed to be in this movie, so who the heck knows how he would have I, I wouldn't put it past Palpatine for figuring out a way to uh, to clone Ray. Uh, maybe we get more clue. Maybe we get finally get an answer to exactly where uh, Ray came from, and maybe it, it ties in with Palpatine, and that's why um, she's there. But no, I and I can't necessarily take credit for pulling the clone theory. It's something I've seen spiraling around the internet. But I was kind of, I kind of started to think about it more and more, and I just. I mean, there's literally a movie titled Attack of the Clones. Like, that, it's a thing in the Star Wars universe. So, I, I, first of all, I don't think Disney has the stones to actually turn Rey evil. I think How that would that would, work? I don't would know. They t- would Kylo then have to become the hero? Which would be Star Wars-y with the villain redeeming themselves. But they wouldn't... Like, Rey is such a figure now. Yeah. To so many young girls, like they can't just they, ki- they killed off Luke Skywalker, then they can't in the next movie shit on the biggest women figure in their franchise. Yeah. Possibly in <laughs> movies right now. They um, can't do that. They can't. Yeah, they won't. They they just won't. Um so that's that's that that's either a clone or that's some vision, some dream sequence. Or, or she's going. She's trying to get into the Sith, like get close to Palpatine, yeah, by becoming a a Sith temporarily. Yes. Type of thing. So if you hadn't heard it uh, before, then you heard it here first. Um, we're saying that that's either a clone or a dream sequence because there's no way in the world that Disney is going to turn Rey into some evil Sith. That would just give little girls nightmares, and they wouldn't do that. Um, that doesn't sell toys. On a separate, it doesn't. Note, on a separate note, what a badass shot, though! Like her whipping the uh, lightsaber um, into a into a double wielding uh, lightsaber. That that little short uh, clip is a really cool shot, though. <laughs> is there any cooler shot in movie? Like we're gonna geek, like Star Wars geek out really quick. Is there any cooler shot in these these trilogies that are now? The seven, eight, nines. I think they've had one shot in each movie where a face is only lit up by the lightsaber light. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like it's like intense. And the blades now. This is getting super geeky that I'm analyzing like the difference in blades from no, but each you're, trilogy. But you're right. <laughs> like they're they're more volatile now, and like they give off more light. That they show, like the shots are just cooler because there is shots in, in like the prequels and 
the um the original trilogy where like obviously Luke has a blue lightsaber next to him or a green lightsaber, but it doesn't it's not like so close up and everything yeah. like so intense as it is in these trilogies. And it's just weird that they've had like a signature shot like that. Whether it's yeah. the first one with Kylo right before him and Ray fight, where it's like it's a it's in a they do a really good job of doing contrast between the lightsabers and the surrounding area. So that was in the snow and it was all, it was at night or it was <laughs> getting darker. And then the lightsaber blade was the only thing that was like producing a great amount of light. Yeah. And even in I this, it was really cool. Even in this trailer, when Kylo and Ray are fighting on that, whatever they're fighting on in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Like those are, those two blades are so prevalent. And you know, it was funny because, you know, back then, obviously, they didn't have the technology to make them look how they do now. Um, and sure, when they came out, those lightsabers probably seemed like amazing and menacing. But now, with with the with the technology that's that's come come about now with movies, like when when somebody whips out a lightsaber, not only does it sound intense, but it just looks mean, like. When Kylo whips out his uh, lightsaber that's got the two uh, little beams of fire hanging off the side and it almost looks like a sword, mm-hmm. like that just looks like it's going to kill anything it touches. Yeah, you like see detail within the blade. Yeah. Itself. It almost becomes a character. Like that, the lightsaber itself almost becomes a character in and of itself. Just Go because back, of how, to, how detailed it looks. Most of us. Well, probably not most of our viewers or listeners, but most people's first exposures to lightsabers, I think, was New Hope when Luke ignites Anakin's old lightsaber. That thing looks like a pool noodle (laughs) back then. That's what it looked like. Comparatively, (laughs) yeah. Pool noodle. (laughs) And these ones look like literal fire igniting from a silver blade. Yeah. It's it's awesome, and I think and one thing that these new movies have done so well, and like I said, it's just because of technology, is the can't you. There were cool shots in the old Star Wars movies, but because Nothing like this, but yeah, no, like <laughs> so in the Last Jedi, my favorite shot in that entire movie is when they're on that white planet, and they have um and all those it's the final fight. And all those oh, on the salty planet, yeah, all those ships start coming out, and the gravel underneath is red, and they mm-hmm. have that trail of red. That is one of the coolest shots I had ever seen. And then in this trailer, there's one of the first order, and they've got all their ships, and it's like pitch black, and there's a lightning bolt that like flashes behind all of them, and you can see like the outline of like a billion uh, different ships in the sky. And I was like, these. I like this is making like Star Wars was cool back then, and I I do love Star Wars. Star Wars is super fun, um, but now it's like th- these shots are just so visually pleasing, um, which is which is something that I think is really cool um, to a franchise that's so beloved for its characters. Um, and its story to now have the ability to make these visual shots that are just you you don't see in other movies just because of how ridiculously famous Star Wars is. 
Um, like those shots mean more. Um, yeah. Because of because of the culture of Star Wars, and I think it's cool that they can bring that to light. Um, like being able to watch in the Force Awakens, the um, the Millennium Falcon actually fly around in like a a real fight. I mean, obviously it fought in the other movies, but just obviously the technology, the CGI, watching it fly around like it did in the um, in the Force Awakens was so cool. Because like it just when they never were did on that. Um, when they were on that desert planet, I don't remember. Oh, uh, Jakku. Yeah, because it just cool. it just yeah it is Jakku yeah, and <laughs> because it just never they were never able to do that in the other movies, and it's so cool that they can do that now, um, because it just adds like another level um, to the character. It's like yeah, it's like the new the brand new uh, Alien movie that came out, Alien Covenant. Like that wasn't yeah, the greatest. Yeah, it, well, I'm sure you didn't watch that. Um, uh, Sam's not a, a monster movie or a horror movie guy. I don't like horror movies. I like I don't like ghost ghoul type movies. It, but I'm all in for monster movies. It came out of him in the shower the while alien? he was while he was getting on with his girl. The That's alien? a no no. Well, yeah. Well, actually, it came into the bathroom, and then the one that came out of a guy, the the one that came out of the dude's back, that was more. <laughs> oh God, that was something I was watching. I was like. I can't believe they're showing this. <laughs> like, like you saw his ribs just. I okay, it, not not an not an adult show, but it was just. Oh god, it was so hard to watch, um, but so fun to watch as well at the same time. Um, but uh, it was the same thing with the Alien movies um, for me because I watched the very first Alien that came out and that uh, Aliens move and the Aliens movie, um, which is one of my all time favorite movies. Um, which came out in like the seventies and the eighties. And then you had the alien Covenant movie, which came out just a couple years ago. And, uh, they were able to make this alien. Um, they added another layer to this character because it was, they were able to make it move around so fast and it made it seem so much more dangerous, um, Mm -hmm. than it did in alien and aliens because that was no CGI. And it was only moving in like two months. Like you could walk away from the alien but this one, you you weren't getting away from it. Like there was no no chance you were running away from the alien and alien covenant. And it's the same character, just updated technology. I like to think of it as, um, and most of our listeners can relate to this, how Marvels adapted their characters throughout the years. Because we've had mm-hmm. Tony Stark for it since since two thousand eight. We've been able to see his evolution, and just. I look at from that 2008 model that he had with that suit to Endgame and Infinity War, how like sleek it was and just how much more advanced it was. It like added him as a character, like it validated how powerful he was and how cool he was in that universe, you know, like it, it's crazy how CGI and its growth has actually heightened characters like that. Truthfully, and this will be a little side note that we don't necessarily have to dive down. I liked Iron Man's very first suit more than the Infinity War. And well, was that that was closer to the comics, wasn't it? Yes, it was closer to the comics, but it actually looked like it was made out of iron, and he looked like I don't know. I just thought it looked cooler. I think it was a a, a cooler look. Um, that first that, that first suit, not the one that he came Thanos out of in that thing. Uh, no. That would have been cool, though, if that was the only suit he had left and he had to fight Thanos in right? the original suit. Right. 
Fuck, they miss they missed out. Right? I think that'd be really cool. And Thor wasn't fat, which totally took away from that whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, Fat Thor was um was a weird it, it overstated his welcome. Um so we have about <clears throat> We have a couple minutes left at maximum 10 because we don't go over an hour and a half. Um, Spider-Man is out of the MCU. Just like that. Boom. It was news. It was a rumor that got broke um, recently. And everybody's kind of like, nah, that's that's not true. And then Marvel and Sony were like, no, it's true. But then they came back and said, well, no, it's not really true. And then, yeah, it turned out it was true. So Spider-Man, as of right now, is no longer in the MCU, which... I don't really know what to say about that. Like, I'm really disappointed that he's no longer going to be in the MCU, but he's not gone completely. Isn't he, though? What's going to be interesting is to see how... Because the characters can't just... I mean, obviously, the the Avengers moving forward and the characters in the Marvel Universe, they all know that Spider-Man's around. So they can't just, like forget about him so how they go about writing him out of the cinematic universe is going to be really weird and i think may put a damper on some upcoming projects peter just wanted to go to college want to have a normal life with mj i I guess yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) which totally goes against the character about saying you know with great power comes great responsibility so i i don't i don't think that excuse is gonna fly um they could just not acknowledge it they could just completely ignore it um which they may do but i think it's just gonna be really weird it really interesting how they handle spider-man going forward because they can't just i mean he's in the universe or he was and now he's not the characters know about him, but they can't just have him forget about Sp- I don't know. It's going to be weird. He got, um, he got snapped. He got snapped. Again. That would be a Again. Re- that would be <laughs> that. <laughs> Oops. We forgot to tell you guys. Uh, Spider-Man's God. Sorry. Yeah. They're like, we don't know why Tony did it, but Tony snapped Peter. I don't <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh, so when Cap goes to return the Soul Stone. Uh, what's Red Skull? Red Skull is you have to give up another soul. So Cap went back, took Peter, and <laughs> threw him down. Oh man! Boom! But... Plot hole fixed. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, though, is that now that Spider Man's over in Sony, does that mean we're gonna see Spider Man fight Tom Hardy's Venom and then the Sinister Six? I don't. Crappy movies. I don't know, man. It's going to be weird. I, Sp- the future for Spider-Man is so blurry right now, um, which is such a shame because Spider-Man, I'm, Spider-Man for so many people is their favorite Marvel character. Growing up, Spider-Man was my favorite Marvel character, um, especially after the Tobey Maguire movies, um, which are still mm-hmm. the best Spider-Man movies. At least one and two are. Um, I but... think The Amazing Spider-Man is the best. We're going to start a fight on the show, which I am not. Where's, I, where's I, the Andrew Garfield love? He did a good job. He did. He did. But he does not get. That's what, that's what Sony did when they had sole control of what Spider-Man looked like. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. 
We gonna see that with Tom Hardy? That's gonna break people. Uh, Tom Holland's. That's gonna break people's hearts. Well, I think what's gonna stink is that because um, his first two movies were so beloved and did so well. If Sony trots out a Spider-Man movie with Venom in it and the Sinister Six, and it ends up flopping, then it's like, okay, you're. We just had Spider-Man: Homecoming and Spider-Man: Far From Home, and the one in Avengers. Uh, Infinity so War, good. and again, they, he was such a good representation of they the character. They got that character. They did. So Marvel got like knew exactly what to do. Uh, Homecoming was utter perfection, if was, you ask me. It was phenomenal. There's not a dead beat in that movie, and they just knew like exactly the tone that Tom Holland worked with, with the humor between him and the suit, and him and his um, best friend. Yeah. Like, that's all Marvel and what they do. Sony d- doesn't really do that. Yeah. And you can't you can't bring in Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man because Sony did have control over that, but that was also uh, an origin story um, from 1 and 2, and you can't do that anymore because Spider-Man's already introduced. Um, but what's also going to be interesting is, now that I'm talking about origin stories, is that in the Venom movie... At least as far as we know, Spider-Man doesn't exist. So does that mean if Spider-Man shows up in a Sony movie, now they have to kind of do a semi-origin story with Spider-Man, even though it's the same one coming over from the MC? I don't know. Like, that... Does that mean that – does this mean that – because Tom Holland doesn't war – doesn't mesh within the story with Tom Hardy because aren't um, – what's, what's Venom's – Human name? Uh oh, uh, Eddie Brock. Yeah, aren't isn't Eddie and Peter supposed to be like colleagues? They were like rivals in the comic books. Yeah. So like Tom Hardy's twenty years older than Tom Holland. Yeah, I don't know. Is is <laughs> Peter gonna get a journalism? I like. I don't know, dude. I have no idea what they're gonna do, and they have a they have a real possibility to absolutely jack up a character. That is probably the most famous Marvel character ever, which isn't only Sony's fault. Like, let's no, not no, let's no, be no, honest no. here. Like, it was Marvel's doing as well that 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 deal broke. Yeah, because I think I don't know what you've heard, but I was hearing that Marvel thought that Kevin Feige had like too much on his plate. Yeah, and it was, it was, they, it they couldn't agree. Yeah, they couldn't agree on the split for these yeah. movies because they were working in partnership. Yeah, to make these Spider-Man movies. Yeah, like so many things, it comes down to money. Um, so I I don't know, and you know we were talking about Jacoby Brissett and and Nick Foles having a lot of pressure. Sony's got a lot of pressure uh, on them uh, on them moving forward because they one thing they can't do is mess up Spider-Man because if they again. mess up Spider-Man again, third third strike, you're out. I don't. I'm like I don't understand. Um, I don't get it. Um, so and Marvel's Marvel's not going to miss a beat. They have way too many successful properties, okay. and they just got all of what Fox had with the mutant world. Yeah. So to wrap up real quick, uh, to wrap up the video, uh, there's an article on Cinema Blend right now, which is my favorite movie website that literally has upcoming Marvel movies release dates for Phase Four and Five. They have Black Widow, The Eternals, uh, Shang Chi. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I am super pumped for, his second movie. 
Um, the Four Thor, Black Panther 2, Guardians 3, Captain Marvel 2, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Blade. They have a ton of stuff coming out. So oh, that Blade movie is going to be so good. Yeah, I hope it's rated R. I know it's not going to we, be. We're talking, about, we're talking about CGI making a movie better. Blade oh. and its story with today's abilities of CGI. Just And Mahershala Ali as their lead. Yeah. And have once, you seen that guy act in what he and have you seen him in other stuff? Yeah, yeah, he was in, in a, uh, House of Cards. House of Cards, yeah, great in House of Cards, and he's also great in uh, True Detective and won an Oscar for Moonlight. Like, and was Marvel just, gets all the best actors. He was just Not, in. He was just in the Picture of the Year with uh oh gosh, what was it called? The Green Book or something like that. Did that one? Did that one Best Picture? Yeah, it did. Um, really. Yeah. Uh so yeah, he was he was in Green Book too. So um so yeah, the, the Marvel's got a lot on their plate. And so uh we're we're coming up to the uh to the very end of our time here. Um to recap, um like I said at the beginning, insert bad Andrew Luck pun, insert any Andrew Luck puns because that Oh, oh I got I got one, I got one. Uh you could say the Colts are out of luck. Yep. And for the show uh we were complaining about not having a, a lot of uh, uh, material, and as luck would have it, we got a bunch of uh, material dropped uh, on our lap. So that was a that was a full show, um, completely packed. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hey, Andrew, I'd say break a lip. Oh, oh, that's just oh, going sorry, to man. too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> oh, um, sorry, sorry, Andrew. So we hope you uh, we hope you guys enjoyed episode nine. We're gonna be back for episode ten. Uh, it'll be releasing Saturday. Um, a lot of sports news, a lot of movie news, and uh, thank you for all the support that you guys have given us. We're storming our way towards two hundred total listens. We're gonna be uh, aiming for five hundred total by the end of the year. Um, uh, that's yeah, I think that's a reasonable goal. Yeah, oh, we're definitely gonna get that. Oh yeah, I think it's oh, a- all right. Knock on wood. Yeah, it's a reasonable goal. So, um, again, hope you guys have enjoyed. Uh, thank you all for you guys' support. As as always, it is so 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 appreciated. We can't thank you guys enough for uh, all the time you guys have put in listening to us. And we're gonna keep pumping these out. So, um, uh, this will be released uh, on Tuesday. So, have a fantastic rest of your week, and uh, we will be back again on Saturday. So, uh, have a great week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>